It's it's funny that we <laughs> we we struggle to synchronize our recording. Hello, listener. Um, we synchronize our recording by clapping in u- unison, so our producer Justin can line up all the audio tracks. But my mind was wandering, um, and no one's going to be happy that the recording was delayed because I messed up the sync. When they find out why I wasn't concentrating. Why weren't you concentrating, Jim? Well, I've been watching Westworld, um, the the HBO show. I don't think I've... It's robots and cowboy times. Is that a thing? Yeah. It's what if robots but people um, in a theme park based on the Wild West, where the robots are so lifelike. They've done everything physically. They, they are so physically lifelike. And, and like, artificially, mentally lifelike that they're now at the let's try and make them real people phase. Like, mm. let, let's dabble in actual self-awareness. So everything else is done. It's to the degree that, like, like some of the robots don't know that they're robots. Yeah. Like okay, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, who, it's, it's who's the Cylon all over again, but with cowboys. Now, here's where I'm thinking. The, the robots are super realistic. Now, bearing in mind... It's hot in Westworld, and the further out you go, the more realistic the plumbing situation gets. Someone backstage at Westworld, and this is why I messed up the recording earlier, but this is what I was thinking about. (laughs) Someone's got to make sure the genitals smell and feel realistic. <laughs> like someone's in charge of clamminess control. So, someone is in charge of getting that real good ball stank. Yeah, like they've been... Look, look, team. <laughs> look, team, it's me. Manitoba Wednesday, right? Head <laughs> head of crotch clamminess. And we've we've got to get that stale beef smell. He's been out there for five days. It's got to be oniony. It's got to be like a stew that's gone wrong. Hey, everyone. We've got the smell of the balls right. We've got the smell of the arse crack right. But what we are really struggling to nail is the smell of the taint. It's it's that very unique taint musk that we just can't seem to lab synthesize. We need ideas. Well, and the dispersal system can't get clogged, right? Like, you have to have this sort of intricate, poor release system well no here's the problem it does have to get clogged (laughs) that's fair because the people in the uncut department (laughs) have to make sure that they get the adequate amount of smegma in you've got to they're that realistic come on look team i take pride in what we do and in our sector of the park they don't call a swamp crotch gulch for nothing folks (laughs) bring in that sweat and we've got another busload of come on wednesday oh so 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 that's what i was thinking about so just a peek behind the curtain for everyone as to how we do this show I, I, I set us up for the, the sinking clap every week and I don't just run into it. I actively remind everyone what we're doing. Yeah. I say, you know, let's go three, two, one, clap on the fourth beat. I, I lay out the structure in advance. I'm giving Jim clear instructions and he's there like, hmm, I wonder what department's in charge of skid marks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know what, Laura? That was a little below the belt. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, my God. 
Oh, but anyway, yeah, Westworld is a touching uh, philosophical portrayal of the human condition. So it doesn't go into too much detail about the conditions of of other areas. Uh, but it, you know, it's it's worth thinking about. It's as as you know, as as humanity strives to break its own boundaries, we've we've got to consider these things. What's up, everyone? The other day, um, I uh, asked Justin not to deify me. <laughs> It's a good call. Is, is that a common occurrence? Yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? Because of all the the um, all of the horrible stories coming from the game industry. Um, oh, well, yeah. Yeah. People like like I've, some people have been talking to me, and I've still got to get back to some people about you know untouchable people in the the game industry who are literally treated as deities. That was you know an actual phrase that came my way was you know certain people are deified. So. <laughs> So to make sure that I don't have any yes men, I called Justin in, sat back. I had a half-eaten sandwich, so I made sure that I had a mouthful of that. <laughs> Pushed my head back, made myself look as fat and barren Harkonnen as I could. Pulled up my shirt a little bit so a bit of belly was out. And then just looked at him and went, Don't ever deify me. <laughs> And then he got on his knees and looked away oh. and said, I'm averting my eyes, oh Lord. So that's what we get up to. That's where the quarantine's at over here, folks. Sorry, Laura. Um, uh-huh. I, I feel like I've, I've just sort of run away with the show uh, tucked between my legs. Hey, sometimes it'd be like that. It's all good. That's sometimes how it is on Podquisition, the video game show where, the, where we tell you whether your favorite video games are great or perfect. Oh, God, yeah. Jim and Comrade and Laura. Yeah, yeah, we do that. We do that. That's us. That's Fucking what we hell. do. Fucking hell. This time, Jim might not just go, oh, 15 minutes of video games. Fuck, I've got to get out of here. Oh, I was so so unwell last week. I apologize, <laughs> listeners. I was very unwell. I um, it, it might have been Windy Pops because, the, as I said before we recorded, the day after I felt... The day I felt better, the night before, I did a fizzy burp in the middle of the night. So, <laughs> did a fizzy burp, felt all right. That's, so, it's fine. It, it gave me and Comrade an uh, excuse to, you know, kick you off the show and be like, aha, it's our time to shine. Well, yeah, you, you fucking talked about things you wanted to talk about. It was pretty tasteless. We, we, talked, about, <laughs> we talked about video games. God damn it. It was honestly distressing, and I felt personally attacked. Well, see, this is incentive for you to never get ill again. If you get ill, who's to stop us talking about video games? That's right. We did it for your health. Yeah. (laughs) Nah. Oh, dear. I've been watching a lot of old comedy. Yeah. From the 80s and and the 90s a bit as well. Uh, Blackadder, Mm. aged phenomenally well, honestly has. Blackadder the third is still, the wit is so sharp on that egg. I fucking love it. Um, I just, I'm, I'm on the last episode of The Young Ones, which is another reason why I was late Aww. to the recording as well. Not only did I fuck up the sink and I was late because I was on the last episode of The Young Ones and then lost track of time. Yeah, I just had to, had to wait for that bus to go over. Yeah. yeah. As I get older, the fart jokes and the Looney Tunes violence gets a bit less funny just because I've seen it so much. And, and sure. over the years, I, that's what I remember the most. So I'm, I'm over it. But as I get older, I, I appreciate more the... The moments of sincerity where it just turns to the camera and literally just outright says the cops are racist fascists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just out fucking right. Like one scene in particular, I don't think has aged well just because of the language used. But the message overall was just outright the cops are racist. And then that is relentless throughout the rest of the series. 
Um, like this, and, and other things as well, like where they turn the music up a little bit on a party. And the, the, the second it's on, the cops turn up and smash everything. And I just watched the, the one where there's a riot outside and the cops are in, a, in one of the vans and one of them yells, just plow into them. And the other one says, I can't do that. And he says, yes, you can. You're a policeman, aren't you? And I'm like, that oh. was in the fucking 80s. For yeah. God's sake. Back in the day when things about punk culture weren't afraid to be like, hey, the cops fucking suck. Yeah. It's, it, it, yeah, as I get older, there are more elements I appreciate that I didn't as a kid. Um, although Rick Mail and Aid Edmondson's comedy is where I picked up my dislike of the police just because it is such a recurrent theme in their work. Um, but yeah, it, it's been fun watching old comedies. A bit of Fry and Laurie still has a lot of fun stuff in it. Yeah? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I've never watched Fry and Laurie. I really do like the young ones a lot. That yeah, is same. really funny. Yeah, I I was uh who was I watching? No, nothing interesting. No. Oh. No. No. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I've, yeah. I've just been I've just been watching the new series of the Umbrella Academy. I don't know if either of you watched the first season of that on Netflix. I have Justin tells me it's very, very good. It's it is a very silly superhero thing. It's it's one of those shows where it's like, hey, what if superpowers but people who aren't necessarily good people? Really makes you think. It really makes you think. Fucking hell. But it's it's by far one of the more interesting iterations it looks of that. So. It's not like yeah. a Yeah, yeah. It's it's got a lot of like good humour to it and like it's the final few episodes of season one build up to like a really impressive crescendo. I really enjoyed. Season two really kept that up. It's it's got a great soundtrack. It's a very silly superhero show. Yeah. It's very fun. Oh, I remember what I watched. You were watching Nathan for you. You were telling me, and so I started watching yeah. that again. Yeah, I fucking love that show. It is God. God, it's been a while. It's dark but humanizing at the same time, and. And he is such a fascinating character, and the subtle development of the narrative as it goes through is, it's great. And and he looks enough like Marcus Lemonis to get away with having a show that feels exactly like Marcus <laughs> Lemonis' show. Um, yeah. I, are you still watching that? Have you gotten through that yet? Uh, I think I've still got more to say. I, yeah. I got distracted. I, I, it's For some reason, I keep forgetting the show exists, and I only watch it when I go on Hulu, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I remember that show exists. Let's watch. <laughs> but when it, I've got no object permanence with it, so it's not until it's brought up or I see it that I then watch and enjoy. Yeah. Every time I've brought it up to you, Conrad, it's because I'm literally watching it at that moment. Once it's <laughs> done, it's not because it's bad or unmemorable. The moment someone mentions it, I'm like, ah, I remember all the funny bits. It's... I don't know what it is. Well, he's so low-key, and it, it, it does... It feels like so many of these disposable reality advice-type shows. It's just perfectly produced to emulate something forgettable. Mm -hmm. It's a good show, Defos. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I, I really can't wait. F I can't wait for you to get through it, because you and I are going to have a, like a very lengthy conversation, I think, about Finding Francis. God, I need to go back and rewatch that. It's, I remember it very fondly. It's very, very good. Yeah. So, yes. video games. Yeah. Oh, who's, yeah. Who's, who's done some of them this week? I would just say it was nice to have a little chat about the telly. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was. But yes, yes let's, let's get to the grim business at hand. That's not what we're here for, though. Get, get your video games in, Jim. What? 
Or we're going to get cancelled if you don't do video um, games. Oh, no. They're not taking us off the air. No, they won't if you do some video games, Jim. What video games did you do? Oh, we're, get, we're getting a third season. <laughs> That's what we said a hundred episodes was, wasn't it? <laughs> a season. Yeah, I want my third season, you cowards. You executive <laughs> fashos. Right. I mean, we get, we're getting to that realm now. We're up to, what, 293? I mean, we're, we're creeping up, creeping up. Yeah. They're going to cancel us at 300. They're going to say, you, you bowled <laughs> a perfect game. Now get out of my office. Right. I have played. 300's a perfect game, in it? I think it is. I played Fall Guys. I've played a bit of that. I like it because I'm good at it. I have won quite a bit. Wow. Like the races. Some of the, the, the other games I'm not so good. The, the memory matching one I don't like because I'm not good at it. But yeah. I win quite a few races. And even when I don't, um, I'm yelling at the screen, but it's because I'm quite into it. Um, it's, it's very fun and just the sheer chaos of it. I, it's one of them ones where I laugh a little every now and then, not because something specifically funny happened, but I just clock what's going on again, where I'm just seeing dozens of these little... They basically look like a cross between Bomberman and Boobars, and they're just piled up on top of each other, getting in each other's way, just going, oh, 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 when they do it. And every now and then I just have to like just laugh and say, ha-ha, oh, video game. Yeah. For anyone who's not seen it, the racing sections are basically like, what if you took one of those game shows like a um, Total Wipeout or a Takeshi's Castle or something and dropped like a hundred plasticine people into it and went, right, you got to dodge all the things, the jump over the things, climb the things, all at once, fucking go for it. Just, yeah, just like loads of you, dozens of you. And you've got to somehow navigate not just the course, which is full of all sorts of wacky, like, traps and stuff, like Pat Sharp's Funhouse. Um, you've, you've not only got to navigate them on their own, but, the, yeah, there's dozens of them around you getting in the way. There's, like, good collision detection, so you're always, like, bouncing off each other, and you can grab someone and just pull them behind you, which you never really have to do unless it's a specific game that calls for it. Like, a there's a game that's basically a version of Tag. Mm. But the only other time you do it is to be an asshole. There are people that sit at the finish line and don't cross just to have a couple turns at grabbing people on the arse to slow them down by a few seconds, even though there's nothing to be gained or lost from time. <laughs> They're doing it just to be dickheads. And I sort of respect it in this game because there are no friends. Um, but, but what I love is... is how cleverly the courses are designed to take advantage of the fact there are so many people. Like, the seesaw course, I love. The entire race course, almost, is gigantic seesaws that go left and right. And it's more or less that simple. But when there's a bunch of you at once, you're caught between, am I part of the people who are going to make sure this seesaw lifts at the right <laughs> height? Or am I one of those people that are going to try and get ahead and take advantage of it first? Or where the doors, there's a, a course that's a whole bunch of walls with doors in them. Some of them are fake, some of them aren't. So it's like, am I going to roll the dice and try and run ahead and, and hope I get through the right doors? Or do I follow up behind? and let other people make the mistake and then zip in after them. Yeah. So it's this real good sort of tactical balance, but it's it's hard to consider it tactical when you're playing it because it's such a mess that really works tightly somehow. One of my favourite things I've seen discussed about this game in the couple of days since it released is that there are certain courses where 
in many cases it's not faster to take the shortcuts because the shortcut is shorter but everyone at this point fucking knows the shortcut is there and will be trying yeah. to get on the shortcut and it's sometimes just like don't fucking bother go the long way around because you won't have to deal with as many people i mean to be honest uh, is this game not and and you know do do walk with me down this garden path even though there might be a little bit of crazy paving there <laughs> but in a way it's not just about navigating race courses is it but also navigating a human behavior <laughs> and and trying to anticipate that as well as the obstacles along your way because really dear player is that not the message that sometimes the biggest obstacle to to human progress is uh, 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 humanity Full guys available now. <laughs> I mean, it's wow. Yeah, yeah, you very, very deep, Jim. You, that's why you're number one video game review no, boy, Devolver. <laughs> why haven't I been on one of your directs? You had Greg fucking Miller. <laughs> Come on now, sort it out. Um, no, the game is good. The c- connection isn't. Yeah, this is. This very much has the feel of a game that did not anticipate having this many people trying to play it on launch day and is having some teething issues. But in a way, isn't the severance of connection to other humans uh, part of, and parcel indeed, the package therein of Full Guys on PC and PS4? (laughs) (laughs) Also, Also, it's got a bunch of microtransactions in it, which also is a bunch of fuck. Um, mm. I mean, it looks like the, the usual disclaimers. The premium cur- the, the the currency you earn in game does come at a decent clip. Blah blah blah. They don't have to sell the costume pieces in two chunks. Yeah, that's not great. The game is only free insofar as if you've got PlayStation Plus. It's the Rocket League thing, but. There is an upfront cost otherwise, and I, I would be fine if it was free to play, but I'm, I'm and, and I don't see why it's not, because the very fact that it's, it's quote-unquote free on uh, PlayStation Plus shows that they know where they're planning to make the money, Yeah, and it's not from upfront sales. There was no reason this can't be free to play, I don't think. You, you want to customise your little character so that in the sea of thousands of characters you can easily tell yes. that's mine, they're wearing a silly yes. hat. And, 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 you know, that's part of, of why cosmetics, uh, I always say, are part of the gameplay and the part of the game experience. Um, it's all connected. Otherwise, we'd all just be playing spreadsheets with each other. And this is one of those games where if they weren't charging an upfront price, I probably already would have bought a pineapple or something a pineapple costume or some bullshit by now because i don't mind decent enough microtransactions depending on the game but i'm not fucking doing fee to pay yeah it's it's a shame because the game itself is is a real laugh simple but that simple but quick to get in and out of when there aren't connection issues that mm. it, it it just really makes me keep playing it it's as quick as it can be loading times notwithstanding and with if we shelve discussion of the connection issues for now but you can get in and out of it and and that sort of really compels you to keep playing Um, so i'm finding it very very um engrossing Uh, i'm I'm just it's always a shame when they when the monetization just decides to uh, be smelly like poo bad poo yeah Uh, bad bad grumbly poo from a smelly tummy uh what else we played this week? Oh, I played a thing. I played a thing this week. What did you play? So, 
this definitely got like a lot less big, you know, huzzah around it than the last time this developer released a game. Oh. But Frog Fractions 3 is out. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the, the, the short version is they put Frog Fractions on Steam for free and there's a $5 microtransaction to buy a hat to put on your frog. And if you buy the, the, the DLC hat, uh, you get to play Frog Fractions 3 now. Like... I kind of appreciate it being a little. Come on, Fall Guys! That's how you do it! (laughs) Um, Have Fall Guys 2 inside a hat (laughs) in Fall Guys. The original Frog Fractions, I think, works because you you don't know quite what to expect going in. It was quite a fun little thing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's this fun little thing that sort of exceeds what you expect of it because you don't know what to expect going in. And with Frog Fractions 2, uh, I didn't think it was as interesting a game, but I, I can respect the effort they went to to make it a big spectacle. Um, Honestly, the game with that was was all the anticipation. That was the real game of Frog Fractions 2. Well, and, and the... I read an article, and I, I want to say it was in Polygon, where it was suggested that actually Frog Fractions 2 was the crowdfunding campaign for Frog Fractions 2, yeah. and then what we played in Glittermitten Grove was Frog Fractions 3, so technically this is Frog oh, Fractions God. 4. I, I've, I've seen that argument made, and yeah, I mean, kind of. Um, I mean, this will get really messy once Frog Fractions Vice City and San Andreas turn up. Well, they're going to have to start using fractions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, here's, here's what I'll say. I think that, like, I can respect the hustle of making Glitter, Mitt, and Grove, which was, like, a competent game in its own right, and wedging Frog Fractions to several hours and some of Choose gameplay deep into that. I'm like, okay, you made you did the work to, like, live up to the hype of what, you know... You know, how to exceed your first But thing. did they make Glitter Mitten Grove, or did they simply coordinate with the developer of that project to insert Frog Fractions? I honestly don't know which of the two it was. Yeah, because I, I want to make sure that, like, not getting that story wrong, because Glitter Mitten Grove is really interesting as a game, and I liked playing it, and I wish it had been more fleshed out, because once I got into the Frog Fractions stuff, I was curious... But, you know, you, then once it gets really deep in, I, I felt lost and it feels directions. The thing that worked so well for me with Frog Fractions 1 is that it was on a track and it went yes. somewhere eventually. Yeah, that that's kind of the problem with Frog Fractions 2 is once you get into it, it's it's way too sprawling and way too broad and way too obtuse. And it's there's things in there that like exist just to be like, oh, that's weird that you could do that. Oh, you did you import your Mass Effect two save? Who knows if that's important or not? Oh, when you when you have to try and follow up something that felt so surprising and spontaneous, it's yeah. Oh yeah, it's very. It's not impossible, but it is so fucking difficult. Yeah. And something like Frog Fractions. I mean, there's a reason why the the, the sequel and the Glitmint and Grove thing only really elicited a sort of people looked up for a moment and thought, ah, oh, yeah, <laughs> and then sort of went back to it. Not because of anything wrong that was done, but because the first one is, like, how do you follow that up? Yeah. The only way to do it is to just do something so wildly different, but it's yeah. this, the Frog Fractions thing seems to try and recapture the same lightning, and yeah. I don't think it's working. 
Hmm. Well, I'll come back to Frog Fractions 3 in just a second. I did want to say I, I looked up the Glitter Mitten Grove thing. Uh-huh. Uh, from early on in development, Crawford, who made Frog Fractions, had a friend who was already making Glitter Mitten Grove, and he, like, very early on in development, was like, I will put some funds towards your making Glitter Mitten Grove if you let me put my game in there. Yeah, okay. That seems to be the situation. But um, yeah, so F- Frog Fractions 3 definitely goes back to that original game's slightly more linear, slightly more guided path of here is a set adventure we're going to go on. And it suffers in places definitely from trying to trying to be the wild, wacky thing that the first one was. But I, I think what it does much better than Frog Fractions 2 is it feels like it has a narrative it wants to tell that is its own. I don't want to spoil too much, but I'll say like the very pre- the, the very early premise of this is... The frog from Frog Fractions 1 is now a washed up, has been trying to relive his glory days. Like, he's he's acting in plays about his own miraculous life. He's, you know, trying to run a museum dedicated to how amazing he was. And the rest of the world's not really that, you know, fussed about what he's doing now. Is that not viable? Because that's my retirement plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's... He's very much just like, hey, no one cares about the original oh, Frog Fractions man. anymore. He's a bit of a depressed house frog. And it's him trying to find a new adventure to go on. And like, okay, that's that's a premise that I can get behind. You, It feels more like you had a reason to make this more than Frog Fractions 2 did. Which is like, ah, oh, we're doing it because it's a weird secret. Oh, wait, you're going to find it. Yeah. Um, this is the mature introspective third album i mean i think that's what it wants to be it's maybe 90 minutes long and i think the biggest problem i would say that this has is that probably the final 45 minutes of this is mechanically a single concept like what made the original frog fractions work so well is that it knew exactly when to like let go of something it was doing and and move on to the next thing. Maybe half of this, maybe a little under half of this, this game's runtime is, this is a, this is variations on a digging minigame. And there is narrative spread throughout it, but it just sort of, it settles on being one thing. And that one thing isn't particularly amazing. Mm. Mm. Like, I very much enjoy the first hour of it where it's, you know, we're going between locations, meeting new characters, switching between gameplay styles, and there's an hour in which it feels like it knows what it wants to do, and it's got the momentum to keep its pace going. And then it feels like it hits a point and goes, well, we need to pad this out so that it feels like it's worth your fiver. We're just going to make the digging bit... We're going to make that a lot of the game. That's kind of how I felt about the overworld stuff in Frog Fractions 2. That, you know, once it hit that open world... ASCII-based, you know, thing. Uh, you go and start poking around and you'd find some stuff, but if, at a point, it just felt like, oh, this is the thing I'm doing now. I'm spending all of my time in this. And it felt very sort of static yeah. after a while. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, that's unfortunate because I, I think a lot of the strength of Frog Fraction is that it never settled into any one thing for too long. Yes. Because, like, the opening, the opening section of this mechanically does some really interesting things. Like, there's a bullet hell shooter near the start where you're switching between characters to avoid different colours of bullets. And if you get hit by the, the kind of bullet that your character can't be hit by, a spoiler comes up on screen for just a random piece of media. <laughs> you are just trying to dodge spoilers. That's that's real fun. <laughs> but... uh, 
There's a point where you're trying to play Solitaire on a computer and then Magic the Gathering cards start coming up in the deck and you have to use those to be like, well, I can't put any of my numbers down, so I'm going to use a Fireball to destroy that card so I can fit something else on my Solitaire board. Like, <laughs> it, it has some fun ideas and then it just kind of stops having good ideas and just kind of becomes one thing for a while. And I think that's my biggest issue with it. And 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 this this sort of feeds into the issue I have with just the presentation of Frog Fractions, because the presentation because it offers diminishing returns in in so far as people paying attention to it, it really does hide these wonderful ideas that most people yeah. are not gonna see. And maybe that's part of the appeal for the developer. I don't know. Maybe they're doing a. An Andy Kaufman thing. So many people want to do. So what I tell myself I'm doing when I do stuff no one watches. <laughs> I mean, there is, but there is something to be said for like the salon artist, right? Who, mm-hmm. you know, is communicating to a relatively small community of people who are inclined to want to think about ideas in different yeah. ways. And there's merit there. I mean, yeah, if we're going to be sincere about it, Conrad, then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that. That's the thing. This, this of of this game's probably hour and forty five minute runtime. Probably the first hour is quite interesting, and the latter half really didn't feel like it needed to be as long as it was. That's a shame. Which is a shame. Yeah. Yeah. What about what about you, Conrad? What have you been playing? Yeah. What have you done? Well, yeah, my my wife left town, um, and so that means that I get to like work all the time. Mm. <laughs> so I've done a lot Ooh. of that. Um, I've also done a lot of listening to, you know, Jello Biafra albums she doesn't like, um, very loud <laughs> volumes while I build a new computer. So, uh, that's a lot of my weeks, but I did build a new PC. Have you been dancing around in your pants like in Home Alone? No. Oh. Should I? Yes. Oh, all right. Well, I'll, I'll definitely make that happen. I'll come um, around and I'll stand in the corner and just clap and go, dance, Conrad, dance, dance, <laughs> Conrad, dance. And that'll be the only thing you dance to. No music. No music, no, just that. Uh, but I did, I built a new computer, and so just to test and make sure it's working, I, I did install uh, Destroy All Humans, ah. um, and I played the first stage of that, and it looks great. It's very pretty. It does, yeah. It does have some, you know, it definitely feels like a PS2 era third-person shooter, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but it's fun. And, you know... They added some nice improvements to make the game flow better and and you can use your abilities better. Yeah, and I didn't get really very far in. I just... I played through the first stage Mm -hmm. and said, all right, now I have to go move on to do other things. And I'm going to finish up the last of the work on the computer this week and and then finally start actually playing some shit. Because I got some Conrad! Yeah. Can you build me a computer? My one's rubbish. Sure, I'll build you a computer. Awesome. I shall, I shall pay you generously with monies. <laughs> uh, I might actually put it in a purse. I might actually give you a purse of monies, like a medieval lord. Ooh. I've been watching a lot of Blackadder, and I, yeah. I always liked the phrase "purse of monies." And I've never given mm. anyone. I might give you a purse of monies. Colin. There we go. That be- yeah, sure. Yeah, I still get something for your birthday. <sighs> you wouldn't eat my cake. <laughs> Uh, I need to build myself a new PC, mainly because I've been eyeing up footage of uh, Microsoft Flight Sim, and it looks really fucking gorgeous, and I'm a big nerd for Flight Sims, and I'm like, I could have a new computer that could run this at very fancy settings. Yeah, you could. Uh, I'm really just in the mood to do, like, gentle flying streams. I haven't played a Microsoft Flight Sim 
since probably 1994. Oh, wow. That's probably the last time I had a go on it, actually. I mean, it was pretty cool then. (laughs) So I'm trying to imagine how far it must have come. If if you look up some footage of the new one, like I was watching a Digital Foundry video about it. I think it comes out in a couple of weeks, but... um, my god, this is the first video game I've seen in a while where I'm like, oh, that that looks like a next-gen video game. That looks that looks fancier than video games tend to look. I always preferred Lotus, if you're asking. <laughs> Lotus and that other one, the, the weird little race where you'd like, it was 3D-ish and you'd be a little spaceship thing and you'd bounce over holes in the ground. I can't remember why it was called. But, if, if, you know, if anyone's asking. Yeah. 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 So, you know, what do you think about that, Laura? Well, I, I, I have nothing to add on that, Jim. Well, thank you. <laughs> have you played anything else, Conrad? Because you didn't really play much Destroy All Humans. No, I didn't. Um, I mean, let me see. I was uh, streaming. What did I stream on Monday? I mean, I streamed some Panzer Paladin um, a while back. Yeah. That was good. It's still good. How... how uh, you you getting toward the end of that now? You reckon? Yeah, I've completed all the stages, and I'm at the like the wily boss stage. I just haven't bothered to do that yet. Um, but it's good. It's good. It's a good game. I like it. Um, the weapon customization thing in it is not for me. Mm. Do you know about this? Mm. Uh, I can't remember. I don't think you took... Did you talk about it last week? I didn't talk about it because I hadn't really even opened up the menu for it or or anything like that. Most of my knowledge of this game is from you. So if you haven't told me about it, I don't know about it. All right. So there's a grid thing and you can set the four stats on a point-based system and you draw the weapon that you make. And I have not seen a single penis, which is... Oh, kind yeah, of I saw surprising. this in a trailer. Yeah. yeah, I saw this in a trailer. So you can design the look of the weapon. You get to choose how to allocate points into the four stats and then save and upload it. And then other players, when they have a mid-boss encounter during any of the stages, one of these weapons that were created by the community gets dropped by that mid-boss and you can use it oh man someone should make a penis right someone should make a penis yeah they're missing a trick haven't seen a single penis i'm shocked comrade have you made a penis i have not because i'm not i'm not at all interested in doing any of this (laughs) see you're part of the problem comrade when you could be part of the solution come on it is said that a man plants seeds not so he could enjoy the shade but do a penis, Conrad. <laughs> I am I, I, I'm the sort of person who always appreciates when these mechanics or elements or whatever, these user-generated content things are made available for people who want to enjoy them. Yeah. And I don't mind having the experience of getting to enjoy the things that they make and think, oh, that's fun. But... I am not interested at all in doing that. You're, you're interested in the idea that you might stumble upon someone's penis, but you're not willing to help contribute to the pool of potential penis. Yes, that's correct. Because, you see, I like I like to live in the speculative. I like thinking there might be a penis out there. Because if I make a penis and I release it to the world, I know there's a penis out there. Right now, it's Schrodinger's penis. Hmm. <sighs> 
you know, this has been a very philosophical episode. It really has. It we've, really, we've really has. Yeah, we've pondered. Yeah. This, this, this episode has almost been a psychology lecture. It's been that philosophical. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can mark this one off for some college credits. Yeah, actually, you should. Laura, do you play anything else? <laughs> uh, I played some other things um, of varying levels of quality. Um, I continue to try and play some games from that uh, itch.io bundle for racial justice. Mm. Uh, today's game I jumped into was called A Completely Normal Dating Simulation that is definitely completely sweet, innocent, and normal. And it, here's the thing. I like a good dating sim as much as the next person, and I, I've I've always been a fan of the slightly comedic satirical take on the on the dating sim like i i very much enjoy games like john cena's sexy high school adventure things like that this is not a good example of that so mm. this this is how do i put it it is an incredibly lo-fi dating sim that is recreating the tropes of the genre without being critical of them or having a point to make with its reproduction of those tropes picture all of the environments are sort of MS Paint drawn. Uh, all of the soundtrack is also this is this is the the worst thing about it. The soundtrack is just the developer going do 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 ba 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 da ba da 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 like like that. No. Here's the thing: it's oh. it's not even that it's bad. It's that it exists. It existing being. Oh, it. Oh. Well, the worst thing about it is they're enunciating those ba ba ba. In, in such a way that it completely jams my brain and I can't read the on-screen text mm. because it's close enough to being a word that my brain is trying to listen to the music that is being acapellaed. What you're saying is they made an extraordinarily bad example of a thing and called it satire. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the, the characters you come across are literally one-dimensional archetypes that are like... I'm the emo one, and that's my personality. I'm the one that hates you, but secretly likes you. I'm the one who has no opinions and will just say yes to everything you say, and that's my personality. Yeah. And then it does nothing with those. It just, every scene it puts them in, it just, that is their one personality trait still. It, it doesn't do anything self-aware with that. Sounds ghastly. Also, there's some weird choices, like some of the voice lines are voice acted, but some are not. And I don't mean like, you know, like major conversations are voiced and others are not. Like, I went 20 minutes into this and nothing had been voiced and then one character got voiced and then it went back to no one being voiced <laughs> again and I don't understand why. Okay, okay. I have an example of what this game does that I think is like the best thing I can explain as to why this doesn't work. So... Uh, you're working in a bait and tackle shop at the top of the second tallest mountain in the world because that's wacky. <laughs> Why would that be there? A customer comes in and purchases everything in the shop. But you look at the backdrop they've made in MS Paint, everything's still on the shelves. Why? Because we were too lazy to draw a new background. Cough, cough, cough. I Like, the game will say we were too lazy to draw a new background. Cough, cough, cough. I mean... We have magical shelves that teleport in new stock as soon as it's purchased. And, like, that's one of those moments where I'm like, if you made that nonsensical explanation later become relevant, like, you set it up as, ah, oh, we were just being lazy, and it's like, no, actually, there's teleporting stock onto the shelves and we need to solve that mystery. Like, that's how you set up something that is just 
repeating a trope yeah. and then go, actually, let's examine what that means. Yeah, I'm fine with you telling me that you're being fucking lazy and not putting any effort into the thing that you're making if you then demonstrate to me that that was a falsehood. Otherwise, I'm just insulted. At the very least, like, prove you're worth fucking playing before you start trying to be clever. Yeah, it it, it does this from moment one and it seems like it has no other... Like, it doesn't use that sparingly. It is the only trick it knows. Yeah. Is, oh, we didn't do an MS Paint drawing of the uh, of the bedroom that you have in your house. We just put some text that said, Here's, this is where you brush your teeth and get dressed. Because <laughs> we didn't want to scribble a bedroom. Like, that is the only joke it has. And that's a real shame. <laughs> it makes it hard to forgive, so much harder to forgive poor work when they point out that they could have done it, but were just lazy. That's it. Yeah. Like, I can't give it the benefit of the doubt anymore when you do that. Oh, uh, that's a shame. It is. Yeah. Anyone else played anything else? I played two more games. I forgot one. Mm. I was I was too busy thinking about Westworld's pantaloon goo that I couldn't. <laughs> Remember the other game I played. There's the name of the episode. It's either that or Swamp Crotch Gulch. <laughs> but what'd you play? Sorry. What did you play? Oh, sorry. I was thinking about something else. <laughs> um, you played Ooblets, Ooblets, Jim. You played Ooblets. Ooblets. Love it. How how did you find it? You, you get on with it. I really like it. I I I didn't mention it last week, but I I just started playing it last week. Well, we had a lengthy discussion about it last week. I played a lot of it now, and it's very good. Yes, I enjoy it a lot. I I really do. Um, I like the farming, and I don't often like farming in games. Um, mostly I I hate so many of these games and it was my issue with graveyard keeper especially was to do the thing you've got to do the thing but to do the thing you got to do the thing but to do the thing you got to do these three things and it's that idea it's i always bring back the image of the man in the popeye live action film that tries to pick up his hat but kicks it every time and i don't like it when games make me feel that way but ooblets is so it's every element it takes it takes stuff from stardew valley and pokemon and some animal crossing but it it simplifies everything to such a degree that it's so straightforward, which on its own would be an issue if not for the fact that it's doing everything else in a simple, straightforward way and does enough of it to where everything is both very straightforward and simple but still feels um, intricate enough to where I'm still really invested in what I'm doing. Well, there's enough variety in what, what there is on offer to do that they can afford to not have the kind... And, and I think it even works to its benefit to not have quite as level of a depth in any one of them. Yeah. yeah, like, you can easily come back to this. You could, unlike something like Carrion, which is another one I played and forgot because I was too busy thinking about wet things, um, which is ironic when you think about it. Mm. Um, unlike something like that, like, I could go back to Ooblets a week from now and pick up exactly where I left off. And even though I will have a lot of stuff to do um, on an in-game daily basis... Mm. I'll be easily be able to pick up where I left off and what I was doing and what needs to get done. Yeah. Um, whereas Carrie and I went back after a week, tried to play it for five minutes and thought, you know what? I will come back when slash if they add a map. I'm not dealing with it. Can't be bothered. I can send you a map for that game that will help a lot. I've seen the online maps. I want it in the game. I'm not, I'm not, I've got not the time to bother with it. Laura and Connor. Yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, it's too at odds. The, the 
how how wonderful it is to just simply move through carrion is so at odds with what it's like to navigate carrion i i it, it, I'm glad I used I used Game Pass to try it because it makes my skin crawl in its current sense and not in the way intended. Carrion is at its best when you are mindlessly speeding yes. through the game, not having to stop and think about anything. And the second that you are stuck on a puzzle or don't know where to go, all of the momentum drops out of that game. I consider it a successful argument on the merits of linearity as a form of gameplay yeah. design and and why that word being banded about so dirtily in the 2000s has negatively impacted a number of games' designs, I feel. Thank you very much. Matron. Mm. I don't know what fictional matron I'm, as, I'm addressing there. Maybe one from the Carry On films. I don't know. Um, but anyway, the point. Where was we? Ooblets. It's good. Ooblets joins Donut County in a form of art I'm referring to from now on as Art Dingus, typified by Dorcas Malorcus writing and characters, which I'm very much in favour of. Go on. Or is that it? That's it. Calling things pooty and tooty. <laughs> it's this sort of, it's it's the kind of like early, earlier millennial uh, adulting type thing that's mm-hmm. at once incredibly sickeningly twee and also kind of charming and chill. Uh, the kind of thing that Zoomers currently make fun of. And I like it a lot. I, I liked it a lot. I, I, I use the word dorky to describe uh, Donut County a lot um, mm-hmm. in, in a very affectionate way. And, and the same is true on, in this. No, I, I, I think you're right. I mean, it, feel, it feels very wholesome. It's just, yeah, I agree. yeah, I'm with you. You're right. I need to better form my definition because I only came up with it and then pulled on my fictional britches last night. Or the day before. But I could see the comparison for sure. But yeah, like there's there are other games similar to it where it's just it's got that real again, that that adorkable type of thing. It's it's the energy of um that, that period of time when people started referring to like um like small puppies on the internet as like papa. Um, but without trying to just do the like ah, oh, that's a term we remember from the internet. It's like, no, we'll come up with our own cutesy slightly dorky vernacular for things yeah like it's it's just yeah it's this cutesy thing but but it it stops just shy of being sickening is it harmless and cute a short hike kind of has that vibe too Hmm. i also love the 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 confirmation and um what's the opposite of the cancellation buttons are just yuck and nut uh-huh i like that a lot that always makes me smile so i find it very charming in that way and i still love the prompt at the end of the day you know you know i did good i did good yeah damn right i did yeah yeah it's it's a very very sweet and positive and and i can't say that on twitter without people bringing up the epic game store thing but i'm like the harassment was so over the top that it killed that discussion for me and honestly Mm -hmm. like like damaged a lot of my willingness to go into discussing epic at all because it just got so poisoned um and it's and this game is so antithetical to that kind of anger yeah that i'm i i i I, i'm just so taken with with what a lovely little game it is and just how 
just how earnestly sweet it is. Like, it doesn't feel like it's trying too hard. Yeah. And and the little creature designs are very cute. And the combat system... And the, one, of the, the, one of the interesting things about it is it's still in a very early access phase. So everything I've described as simple and straightforward could incrementally be built upon. I hope not too much because the simplicity is part of it. Yeah. But I could see that, that combat system maybe having a little more to it. Like, so far, these ooblets keep accruing levels without much... Like, is there a point to leveling up after you get the the signature cards? I'm not sure what that informs yet or whether it will in future. But I've got really high-level ooblets that are no more effective than they were after they got their first two cards or whatever it is. Yeah, it doesn't seem... It seems almost entirely about team composition rather than yeah. than levels on characters, which yeah. I'm I'm fine with because I that I really dig how simple it is because, yeah. I, you know, I can... A, right now there aren't so many ooblets that I can't identify just immediately off the top of my head what each one is going to be kind of focused on. Um, But yeah, I I like how basic that is. I hope it doesn't get too deep. I like that I'm not having to learn like a Magic the Gathering-esque entire new like Gwent-style trading card game. Like I don't need a glossary. Yeah. Once you get a sense of what each ooblet's kind of primary role is in a in a dance battle yeah and it, it's really straightforward it's like if i want something that can build up a lot of hype to make my cards more valuable then you know i know exactly which ooblet to use yeah mm-hmm. and the answer to most questions as to which ooblet to use for anything is lump stump i've found so far i love mm-hmm. lump stump I don't like the design, which is a shame because I usually pick design versus effectiveness. It's not for me. I don't think it's bad. It's just not my kind of thing. I put a top hat and a monocle on him and made him Lord Twixton, and now he's fantastic. (laughs) I was going to ask if you've been dressing them up yet. (laughs) What do you think? I've, (laughs) I've stalled progress because I keep spending money on hairstyles for my own character and clothing and, and everything. Um, and then getting little hats and yeah, I put the monocle on my frog one. So that's good. I've still got more to go, but yeah, it's, it's really good. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. It was the antithesis of the other game I played, which was Grounded. Oh. Which is a stressful nightmare. I played a little bit of that. Everything is horrible and tense and nothing feels good. Yeah, it's not just about the scary spiders because the spiders stop being scary after a while. Um, not counting, obviously, you know, arachnophobia, but... Well, they stop being physically scary. As a horror element, they stop being scary because, like, really quickly, you can't have something that ubiquitous and that annoying and build it up as your signature threat because wherever you try to build something wherever you go there's a spider ready to one hit kill you all of the time and the entire game is based around not upsetting the spider which means not playing the game because everything you do will upset a spider (laughs) the game is so mean and yet for some reason i kept playing i last week i was obsessed with this game um i've called off now just because i've done most of the things that i care to do in it uh, until there are any updates, because this one's also in fairly early access. They need to fix the spiders. They feel broken in how how numerous and effective and how they spawn camp and everything. Like, they're just always there. But, God, they, that game... I, I used to like insects and bugs, 
But then I made a little storage chest like you would in a survival game <laughs> and put some things in it. And then some ants turned up and smashed it open and took stuff. And then I tried to stop the ants. They all turned round and then bit me to death. <laughs> and then I respawned in the same room because they were in my fucking house. And then they just hung around looking at me for ages until they sauntered off. And then I rebuilt everything and then a spider smashed my door. And then I couldn't put the door back without rebuilding everything because the building aspect is a fundamental troll against the player. Building aspect's the worst part, but the actual shrunken conceit and the, the, the honey I shrunk the kids look and feel of everything was enough to keep me playing, even though at its heart, it's just another survival game. Mm. So it's got something to it, but at the same time, yeah, it's in early access and they've got a lot of things to fix. It's been so long since I played a survival game, though, that I might, I'm still feeling kind of the pull to check it out. I don't, I don't know. It's, I kind of want to give it a chance. It's another one that benefits from being on Game Pass if you've got that yeah, as a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, right now it's. It's not an easy, rec like a caveat free recommendation at this point. It's tiring. It's an exhausting game in its current state because it's so much, oh God, I've got to do this and then this and then this and then this is killing me. It just. It just never gives you any respite. Yeah. There's never any space to go, I've got some breathing room to work on building this thing before I have to head back out to where the spiders are. It's like, no, the spiders will come for you. It gets almost comical. I'll be like, I'll just stop a moment and just check the map and then boom, 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 that drum beat comes for the threat. And the drum beat becomes almost like a comedy leitmotif where it's just like, boom, 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 boom. Okay, I'm just going to craft something. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, look, there's an ant behind me. Um, run away from that and they chase you for fucking ever um the video i did starts and i didn't script this it starts with me i'd crawled on top of an action figure and i'm like this looks cool it's bright and colorful i'm gonna capture some footage by just sort of scanning the horizon and then i literally turned around and was face to face with a spider and then it chased me for a long time and, and that's what the game is constantly like and for a while it's moderately amusing at the first time but then that's most of the game and it's even though there's enough of a pull to where i was enjoying the moment to moment elements when i when it wasn't trolling me it was always punctuated by this idea that any moment now a spider could literally just jump on me unseen and that's happened a number of times like a wolf spider will just drop down from somewhere and they were, the the threat thing didn't even come up it's just hey you're dead now and if it happened to be hanging around near where you spawn, good luck. Other than that, though, uh, I, I'm waiting for them to add in insect uh, chariot racing. If you can, <laughs> if you can have an ant-drawn chariot and then race that online, I'm back in. If you can make a farm <laughs> and raise aphids on it, I'm back in. Uh, they already kept me in when there was a stink bug gas mask, a weevil stink bug gas mask you could, you could make. I'm like, okay, that kept me going for a couple hours. It's amazing what cosmetics will do to me in a game when they're actually part of it. <laughs> it's almost that, like they're part of the game experience. Yeah. I mean, there's an actual gameplay advantage to the gas mask. It lets you go in certain areas as well, but let's face it, for me... I'm keeping it yeah. regardless. So, you know, it's got, and the visual design is good and the little armor pieces you can craft, like you can make yeah. armor and weapons out of ant pieces and stuff like that. It's It's got a lot going for it in terms of its presentation and its aesthetic. Uh, but it, yeah, 
it, it it's it's got teething trouble, which hopefully they'll they'll address and fix. I think I think the spiders would the spiders I keep coming back to, just because they are the, by far. It's, it's the slender eight pages thing. That's how I described it in my impressions. Where, yes, the, the the idea of being stalked by a Slenderman figure is scary the first time, but when it's the only threat and it's constant, and you're trying to remember where you're going and look for something in the environment, and you're just being harassed constantly, it stops being a frightening, intimidating force. Um, and because for familiarity breeds contempt, you're just sick of it. And by the end of it, I was just, I'm already sick of the spiders and the game isn't even finished. So I don't know what they will do. They'll have to do what Alien Isolation did to make Xenomorph scary again. There's got to be one spider. It's got to be as big as an actual house. And you've got to be scared of it. It's got to come out of an egg. <laughs> Uh, I played one other thing, very quick. I continued playing more Binding of Isaac. I've now beaten every boss on normal mode and started on hard mode, because I'm, I'm, I'm down that rabbit hole. I started playing challenge missions as well. Like, I've not done any of the challenges yet, hundreds of hours in. So, for anyone who's not done the challenge stuff in Binding of Isaac, you get dropped in with a preset loadout at the start of, of your run, you don't get treasure rooms on any of the floors anymore, but you do still get upgrades after each boss you beat. Try and get a certain distance into the run with, I don't know, lasers that are homing shots or explosives that will come back at you if they don't hit you. Or I hate most of the challenges. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, I've been going through them. There are some that I have found fun and there are some that I cannot stand. There, 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 there's one early on where you've got the Ipecac and... Boomerang shots, I think it is. So yeah, if you don't successfully hit the thing, your ex your forty five damage explosive shot will come right back at you. And I'm like, that's just not fun. Yeah, I tell you what, they're all really cleverly done, but I never want to play most of them. Well, like a lot of them are. That's really clever. And by having played this once, I've gotten an appreciation for how these these parts of the loadout can work together in ways I maybe hadn't anticipated. I don't want to persist with this until I beat the challenge. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of them I will try and go, that was really interesting and I got two-thirds of the way through and I'm not going to try it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically what you do, what you did. You, know, you wouldn't do it now, of course. What you did when you'd have, like, an emulator and you'd stack it with ROMs and think, I'm going to play all of these. <laughs> and it's like five minutes into each one, if the game's <laughs> lucky, and then you're sick of it. None of these are as good as I remember. Yeah. There's, there's definitely been... I've, I've knocked four or five challenges out this week and been like, yeah, those were... I'm glad I stuck with those. I had a fun time. I should put the Raspberry Pi back in the TV. Oh, yeah. I should eat a real Raspberry Pi. <laughs> uh, do we want to talk about any of the, the industry-ish things that happened this week before we wrap up? Oh, talk about Raspberry Pi. All, all kinds of it. Um, what happened? Uh, well... Um, the, the fucking Activision. There's the Bobby Kotick Activision thing. Do you want to talk about that, Jim? I can't wait to hear about actual crimes coming out of that fucking company. Oh. Everything it's done out in the open is as close to the limit as you can get. I, I, what are they? What's the stuff they're actually worried about? <laughs> when, when you've got actual like investors saying, hang on, they're finding more ways to make this CEO money and it's not on. You know something's up. But, yeah, like, constantly we're hearing about, like, 
Like, it's becoming a theme with Activision. Last year, they boasted of record revenue in their financial report at the same time as laying off 800 workers. This year, we have employees getting together to share their salary, which, by the way, I'm in favour of. And this goes for wrestling especially because that's a big thing in that industry. Don't talk about your pay. Don't talk about your pay. Absolutely feel free to, right? Because it's the only way you know how many people are getting like completely financially screwed here. And that's what they did at Activision. Uh, a bunch of people like put together a document comparing their salaries and how shit their, their uh, raises were. And we got stories of, of people watching executives take their family to Disney World while they're skipping meals to make rent because they're paid minimum wage, some of them over, but some at minimum wage, in like places like San Francisco and Santa Monica and all this place. I'm... I, I don't know how you should be allowed to call yourself a successful company. If you're boasting of, of record growth while your staff can't afford food in your cafeteria, in your company cafeteria, because that's another thing that's that's been going on. People can't even afford the food at Activision Blizzard's own facilities while Bobby Kotick is due to make another 40 million this year and once more. Yep. I mean, I it's I watched your video, which was just infuriating. It's 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 getting harder and harder for me to maintain my composure. I often feel I'm unfairly lumped into the outrage YouTuber set. Yeah, because usually when I'm genuinely angry, I'm I'm very more more cold and, and than anything else, just cold and, and reserved. But lately, I genuinely have been losing my temper and losing my composure um, because it's it's just an endless parade of of infuriating behavior and with seemingly no shame about it whatsoever no shame yeah. no yeah yeah bobby is not worried about this no if anything all of this news will contribute to the company's growth mm -hmm. it'll raise their stocks yeah people will find out what they're underpaying people fuck yeah get me in on that like uh. fucking I mean, <laughs> it's it's not like Activision is a complete outlier. No. It's a, it's a good example of what companies do when they get successful enough and start mm. chasing more and more desperate um, uh, methods of saving money so they can keep telling people they're growing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I dread to think how much of all this record revenue and record growth at Activision is an illusion mm. that has been crafted by cutting costs elsewhere and fucking people over, um, which I do not consider the hallmark of a successful company. I don't care what, what the current economic structure we have says. You are not successful in my eyes if your staff is making you so much fucking money and they're struggling. Fuck you. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, to, from my point of view, it's... Uh it's about sustainability, right? I mean, yeah. a business that is truly successful will be able to continue operations as they are for an unforeseeable future. Whereas a lot of these companies, if they continued the current practices exactly as they are, those businesses will fail because they won't be able to attract talent or whatever. They don't, they then have to change things or come up with some yeah. concessions or things like that to adjust. Or you'll start seeing your staff do things like comparing their salaries to start preparing to complain about the fact they're being underpaid. Right. And, and then that causes the collapse of your business. Yeah. So if you take 
care of people. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Activision's probably got a lot of life left in it. Sure. But this is, this is like, this this feels like the long-term cracks in the foundation. You shouldn't be in situations where 10-year veterans at your company are running less now than they did back then. Exactly. Like, like that is that yeah. is beyond precarious. That is mayhem. That is actual mayhem on a financial level. Yeah. And they will be able they will they are I mean they're a huge huge company and it, I am certainly not saying oh Activision is so fucked. They're not. They're going to be around a long long time. But it's not a business in the in the sense of one that that wants to remain a steadily growing business. It's a piggy bank. Right. It's a piggy bank for Bobby and his friends. Um, because again, you know, that 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 was all part of that investor complaint was that they, they said Activision is constantly looking, this ain't my words, Activision is constantly looking for ways to enrich its CEO. That's what it's there for. Activision isn't here to make mm. games for you. They're not here to employ their own workers. They're not here to even be a sustainable business. That's not their primary mm. concern. Their primary concern is making Bobby Kotick and some other people, not many people, very, very wealthy. And in that regard, sure, we can call Activision a success, not as a business, but as a personal piggy bank. And I, I, I am just waiting to see how dodgy it goes because, because this is literally just the out in the open shit. Yeah. Oh, we had more industry bullshit. It's time to come back to Ubisoft for another Ubisoft update with all of the allegations of uh, sexual misconduct and assault and all sorts of things that have been accused there. So one of the people who officially on paper left the company and resigned um, during all these these investigations was former editorial vice president Tommy Francois, who... Uh, I believe is the person who was accused of strangling someone in the workplace. No. No? No, that was Sergei Hathaway. Ah, my apologies. Tommy Francois um, tried to forcefully kiss. It's so hard to keep all the abusers yeah. Oh, don't straight. worry. My, my mind's got a fairly decent catalogue. Uh, Tommy Francois was the one that forcefully tried to kiss someone while Sergei laughed. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Among other things. A lot of this always comes with among other things. Yeah. But that, that was the, the, the one that got sort of the most traction in t- terms of stories. Yeah. So Tommy Francois um, officially left the company, resigned. Um, according to a report by Gama Sutra, actually, he was fired... Um, he was terminated with cause, which means that, like, yep, he was found to have been at fault and was his employment was terminated based on that. Uh, he wasn't handled a, a financial settlement, but he is allowed to retain all Ubisoft shares he had acquired. Yeah. Like, he's just allowed to keep all those. So that's an interesting look, you know? Like, the people leaving yeah. these, these, these companies, they're still rich. Still have a financial stake in those companies. And are still able to make a ton of cash off the fucking company. When you talk about executive level, like, shares, yeah. the people who left that company never have to work again. Although I'm sure many of them will, like, find other industries to worm their way into. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who who wants to be keeping an eye on that. So, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're leaving. Some of them 
seem to have been allowed to resign and some of them, as Laura said there, like were fired. But in France, they all have to be, what was it? They can't call anything a dismissal, which is weird. I'm reading this from the Gama Sutra article. Yeah, according to French laws, Ubisoft are unable to label some of their recent high level departures as dismissals. And that's really weird. Yeah, so we don't know right now if like, Everything's written down as resigning. Either way, like the result is still the same. Like the result is they've all been allowed to quietly slink off and we don't know where they've gone. And keeping, you know, keeping their shares. But uh, it does note um, they won't be able to make any future acquisitions. No, they'll only be able to have the shares they have now. Unbelievable. Uh, Big punishment. Yeah. Like they are, they are still walking away with like more money than we'll see cool yeah um according to this uh, maxime balan's uh, resignation was also a firing um that that's also one that got labeled a resignation but uh, according to this report was not but that's just a thing to keep an eye on ubisoft continuing to to happen yeah Yves Jumeau is still sort of dodging questions and yeah you know he's been asked about like how much he knew and he won't give a straight answer he just keeps doing this whole you know oh well when i have heard about things we've made tough decisions which again we've we, we've talked about why that should be not really that difficult to fire abusers and rapists and then yeah. promote the people that had to suffer under them. Uh, but, you know, we, we're not all the great sort of philosophical minds that Yves Rameau is. <laughs> we, can't, we can't all have friends uh, like Sergei. Thank God. Uh. The only other thing I had on the news docket that's just a bit of light-hearted something to finish off with. Are you both aware of the book The Boy in the Striped Pajamas? I've heard the name. It's a film about a kid growing up in Nazi Germany, but it's like quite a well-known book um, from a well-known author. The author of that book has written a new book that is, you know, set in the real world in the past, and he's included a bunch of Legend of Zelda stuff in his book. <laughs> what? In his book set in real world Earth in the past. Ah? The, the short version seems to be he wanted to talk about dyeing some clothing red. So he googled um, ingredients red clothing dye oh, oh, oh. and the first article that comes up is a Polygon article about Breath of the Wild. Oh, no. So he's, he's, he's fucking there like, hey, so uh, we we went out into the fields and we collected the Octorok tentacles and we collected the, uh, the Zalfos tails to make the red dye. Um, this is like this is like world renowned author who has had like movies made of his books. This did not get picked up by a single editor. Art imitates art. Let, let me try and find the full thing because it's fucking hilarious. What the fuck? I mean, that, if anything, that's a sad indictment of humanity's priorities that we value Breath of the Wild cosmetics over actual dying methods. But at the same time, did the person in the book gather Octoroks? <laughs> Did they get little Octorok tentacles? <laughs> Did they ride a pona to get there? The dyes that I used in my dressmaking were composed from various ingredients, depending on the colour required, but almost all required nightshades, sapphire, keese wings, the leaves of the silent princess plant, octorock eyeballs, swift violet, thistle, hightail lizard. In addition, for the red, I had to use uh, spicy pepper, the tail of the red lizelfos, and four hillian shrooms. <laughs> 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 Yeah, every 
every single one of those is like, oh, that's Breath of the Wild <laughs> shit. <laughs> Yeah, Lizalfos, the Hillian Shrooms. Like, at, at no point did he stop and think, oh, maybe they don't use... I'd have asked what a Lizalfos was. <laughs> oh. You should know what the things are. Oh, a key swing. I wonder what that is. Oh, wait, that doesn't look quite real. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, it's just an entire paragraph of copy-pasted Breath of the Wild ingredients. It was a Polygon article! Were there no pictures? Yeah. That's the best part of this. It's like, I could forgive someone writing a book wanting an incidental thing about Red Diet. Like, mistakes happen in books like that all the time. Factual inaccuracies when someone's doing history or anything with a little bit of research. You forgive it. Yeah. But were there not screenshots? Oh, my my favourite part of this um, is that that Polygon article had some ingredients on that list for red dye that surely should have raised an eyebrow that didn't make this paragraph. But one of the ingredients is rubies. And who reads a list of ingredients in red dye and goes, ah, yes, crushed up rubies, a traditional dyeing ingredient? Well, no, that's the best bit. Rubies wasn't mentioned, so even better. They looked down the list and thought, rubies, not realistic, I'll leave that one one off. (laughs) They knew enough to think that rubies was bollocks. Yeah, no, this page is covered in Breath of the Wild screenshots, so I don't know how how they did it. That's... That's incredible. Oh. Oh. So there you go. Maybe they had a maybe maybe they had a research uh, researcher like some writers do. Maybe they had a researcher and they, who they really maybe they had a researcher who they paid the way Activision pays people. Maybe this researcher realized to themselves, right? I'm I'm fucking eating oatmeal again for dinner. I'm gonna make them make red dye out of a lizard, a lizard with a sword. Then they'll be silly. Oh. They won't. They won't believe the ruby though. So we'll scratch that one. Uh, there we go. I think. I think. I think that's it. Everything on the list this Fuck week. Hell. I'm done. I can barely talk properly now after that. Like that. That's knocked me for six. <laughs> Laura. Other people might not be knocked for six. They might only be knocked for five and need an extra one. Oh. They need that extra one just to knock them. And you do many things. And you could I knock do many it for them out of the park. Uh, Laura K. Buzz in all the places. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Patreon.com forward slash Laura K. Buzz. That's the thing that makes me able to do this every week. Uh, LauraKBuzz.com. Everything ends up there. Um, I've got some books. There's Uncomfortable Labels. That's out now. Things I Learned from Mario's Butt. That's finally gone to the printers. Hooray. That'll be out soonish. Uh, Gender Euphoria, which is an anthology of trans people's positive, affirming, lovely stories. That'll hopefully be out by next summer. Um, that is coming along well. Look out for that. And then there's podcasts. Pixel Squirt. It's about video game character pornography. Uh, Queer and Pleasant Strangers, which is about things that aren't exclusively video games. Uh, I do a video series called Accessibility every Friday, where I talk about video game industry, accessibility and representation. And I'm on Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. It's all self-contained stories each season. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six and seven with... Conrad. Yes, I am indeed on that. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Conrad Zimmerman. Uh, you can buy 
anti-capitalist propaganda from me at pinfultruth.com. You can buy audiobooks from me at conradreads.com. You can help support all of this weird stuff that I'm doing just directly at patreon.com slash fistshark. And uh, you can come hang out with me on Twitch. I stream weekdays starting about 2 p.m. Eastern, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then maybe some other times sprinkled around in there. Uh, playing all sorts of video games because I, I really do play them I, I know i have this reputation as being a bad video games man but <laughs> so I, bad. I, I, I do i do play some um and let's see jim you you have a patreon don't you yes i do you naughty video games man why i've <laughs> half a mind to turn your hide and no mistake touch and fly yes patreon.com slash jimquisition you can throw some money out if you want um a lot of people have have really sort of come out to support the show lately uh, based on the topics we've done which is really good because Something's really wrong with that YouTube algorithm. Oh, man. Some of the videos lately have been the most shared ever, and they've had the lowest views, and I don't know how that works. And funnily enough, the moment I started covering the Ubisoft abuse in detail is when the views dropped like a lead weight. And I'm not saying, like, someone at YouTube's trying to bury me. I'm saying the algorithm is, well, let's just say I'm going to avoid using Ubisoft hashtags in some future videos to see what happens. Um... I'm starting to worry about what the hashtag system on YouTube does. Well, there's also some possible content, uh, you know. Maybe, yeah. Like, there's, it's just weird. Like, I, yeah. I try not to blame all my woes on the algorithm. I know I do it a lot, but, you know, usually my first thought with anything is to blame myself. I mean, it's inexplicable that the number, that the difference in numbers would be so vast. Some of the videos lately, yeah, like the, the, the Ubisoft one, um, uh, the, the, the one I did focusing on their abuse was so shared, which is what I'd hoped for just because I want, yeah, I want the stories about Ubisoft fucking out there. Mm. Um, the most shared video in years, honestly, one of the lowest viewed ever. And then from there, it's just been real low lately and I'm confused. Um, so, but, but it's not been borne out by the actual support the show's had in terms of, you know, financially supporting it and, and people, you know, patrons. So thank you so much for that, especially right now. It just, it really helps you worry less about the, the, the views and just concentrate on because especially right now some of the topics i've been covering on youtube specifically are sort of audience death they're not popular topics so this is exactly the sort of thing that the patreon mm -hmm. is there to help with you know it makes sure that i can keep banging this drum and in i'm, I'm i've got a show famous for drum banging but the Ubisoft stuff, I do not want to land up on. So, yeah, thank you so much. Didn't intend to prattle on too long at the end there. So, thank you. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 <laughs> All right.